Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. You thought I was going to be not here today, eh? Well, no, I'm here, and let's get over to the news. This is an interesting story. I think it's an interesting story. Of course, that doesn't always mean every, everything. This was a kind of a marketing thing because uh, the Sikh community, um, one of the in the article, which is down here, in the article, um, where which is where I found everything, um, what happened was that the uh, Harley Davidson officer distributor in uh, in Toronto uh, found out that there was a there's a big Sikh, um, which is a religious, uh, which is a religion, big world religion, uh, and they wear turbans, real nice ones, and. Um, they like to ride motorcycles. And one of the one of the guys who helped develop it said his father. Um, the idea came when the idea came when uh, uh, Vic Bath, who's from a Sikh background, his father grew up in a small village in India and dreamed of owning a Harley Davidson, which to him was the ultimate symbol of freedom. So anyway, there's a lot of people riding these. Well, they have they have helmet laws in Canada, and um, you know, we got them repealed here, but I still wear a helmet, mostly, except if it's 95 degrees and I don't feel like it and just going to the grocery. But uh, mostly I do. But um, they got some repeal so that the Sikhs could wear their turbans. But And no one's ever been killed wearing a turban on a motorcycle. So they, you know, seem to be careful riders. So there was no real basis for not giving them the exemption. But only two or three, I think Ontario and maybe British Columbia, are the only ones that have given them an exemption. So you can't ride coast to coast uh, just in your turban. So these guys uh, from Harley came up with this idea of, of tough turban, and we'll get to that right now. Let's hear this. This is really Tradition is really important for a product like this. So we brought in a Sikh consultant. When Sikhs used to ride into battle, they used to have chainmail, and then these tied the turbans on, on, on top of that. And so we took a look at some plastic options to be able to create a chainmail-like matrix that would be able to be incorporated into the traditional feeling turban. So the Dyneema is used in bulletproof clothing. We started to look at some uh, non-Newtonian uh, foams. One of the really exciting aspects of the foam is that it hardens on impact. So it really helps dissipate impact and protect the rider. Well, when I first saw the uh, Tough Turban, it really blew my mind in terms of the technology that they were using. But it's very flexible. It's, there's no rigidness. Yeah, this is this is cool. I, I honestly would probably forget that I'm wearing it. It feels like a regular turban I would tie every day. Bikers kind of always stick together, and it's it's a it's an identity. And wearing a turban is an identity. It's nice to know that we are cared about. This makes us feel part of the Harley family. And they made it. Uh, they made it in the public domain. Now I think you know a lot of guys I see with bandanas and stuff, and uh, you could make a bandana out of this too. You could make a lot of different headgear. You probably make a baseball cap that that uh, has some of these properties. You know, I mean, kind of like any kind of hat you want, you could make. You know, around this technology of the helmet. You know, I'm not sure it's as good as a full face and all that, but I don't wear those anyway. So I just thought, you know, it'd be interesting for you to see how a dream of riding a Harley and a dream of riding with a turban came together and and found and formed this new product. Isn't isn't the world amazing? It's an amazing thing. Anyway, let's get over to the rest of the news. And here we go.
Okay, last-minute reversal. AT&T and Verizon agree to postpone 5G rollout. So if your company is is uh, counting on 5G, well, you may not get it rolled out near the airports. It turns out in the category of unforeseen circumstances that the 5G somehow affects bandwidth in the aviation um, spectrum. And so theoretically, the planes could forget what altitude they're at just about the time they're trying to land because the planes, you know, use uh, autopilot. So they have some really fantastic autopilots. I've heard that they can fly the plane right to the right to the ground if need be. <coughs> so anyway, um, in the realm of unforeseen circumstances, there's some overlap between these frequencies. And so the F. AA is asking the FCC to not install five, let allow 5Gs to be installed around airports uh, for the moment until they figure it out. Now, one side says it's impossible. The airline pilots union says it's very possible, and who knows what the real answer is? That's another that's another issue with so many of these scientific things, is you don't know what's what, and it's hard to tell. <coughs> and both sides have their experts. Okay, COVID-19 feelings report from Valerie Mosel. One of the greatest life lessons I learned from my father is that being in denial can sometimes be a, f a powerful coping tool. In fact, denial can sometimes be incredibly helpful in getting us to the other side. And uh, I've worked on that skill my entire life <laughs> because, you know, when I was six years old or eight, seven, eight years old, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. And, and, you know, I was really the first generation to be raised by television. And so we would sit with our parents um, and watch the nightly news. And, you know, we were also, you know, television was, you know, we weren't too far removed from World War II. So there were a lot of action shows that were about the, 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 battles and the fighting in World War II, not the least of which Hogan's Heroes educated me quite dramatically about World War II. And McHale's Navy and some of those. But anyway, <laughs> Google them. I'm sure they're around somewhere. Um, so, you know, at school we had we had battle drills when the when the uh, Cubans were, were, were going to parachute into Wisconsin. So, it, you know, it was something that we really, you know, we would hide under our desks for the nuclear war drills, um, nuclear bomb drills. Uh, we were pretty sure we wouldn't make it out of high school. We were told that, you know, over and over and over and over. So if you think climate change is something, think about a nuclear bomb dropped on your on your grade school. <laughs> and how do you cope with that? Well, you, you know, you maybe you realize that it's not something that you can really control. So uh, there's apparently been a there's apparently been a an a COVID feelings report, and it really uh, and this is an important point. The, it really focused on the um, the states with the largest unvaccinated populations also have the lowest spending power. So if you're trying to market a product, you may not care about the unvaccinated as a market. But how do you talk to the vaccinated? And that's what this, this article is about. And um, so you have to put all of this in context. In other words, 75% um, of the people surveyed, meaning the vaccinated people, adjusted their holiday plans 
half of those blamed unvaccinated family and friends. And according to this, there's about 80% of America is vaccinated. 45% blame all unvaccinated Americans, which to me is a little interesting because um, from what I hear, the vaccinated can equally transmit COVID. So, you know, it's really more about your personal choice, it seems to me. But anyway, uh, 22% said those said the unvaccinated, yeah, they should be allowed to travel. I think it's pretty funny that only 22% said that. It's like allowed to travel. You know, where are your papers, sir? I'm sorry, you're not allowed to board this plane. That's what we think about. Anyway, so they divided the vaccinated into two groups, the romantics and the warriors. The romantics want to get past the grievances and disappointments. The warriors embrace their grievances and disappointments and seem to blame everything on the unvaccinated, which is, you know, also a curious idea. You know, um, anyway, so they tested their emotional responses. Uh, One ad showed hordes. I like that word hordes of maskless shoppers uh, and uh, also maskless at a football game. Uh, and they generated fe- feelings of fear, skepticism, and anger. So be careful about showing lots of people unmasked if you're trying to sell something to the vaccinated. An ad showing a small family of four celebrating the holidays indoors together produced feelings of joy, anticipation, and mild introspection. And uh, that's about what we had. We had five, I think. And one of us uh may or may not have contracted covid uh a week or two two weeks later so anyway the romantics felt delighted about the prospects of the families reuniting but um the lack of overt safety in some of these commercials caused the warriors to assume the worst so you might want to focus on a smaller group you might want to consider creating a fantasy uh or a cg type family CGI here um, because it'll escape the ire of the warriors. But, you know, I like the first part of the article. Maybe you should just get on with your life a little bit. Take whatever precautions you think are necessary. You know, when I look back at my first six years of life, I probably had a combined survival percentage of only 10%, given the four or five childhood diseases that I contracted. Some One, one in particular only has a 50%. Survival rate, another one only has a 10%. Uh, so, I mean, uh, has a, uh, it has a 10% fatality rate. Anyway, let's get on to something interesting and marketing-wise. This was a really great article um, by David Kaplan and Jane LeVere. It was about a, a technology. You know, so often you're, you're trying to use the Internet and you, like I was trying to find a water heater and how to – how to make, you know, upgrade it or make sure it's working or whatever. And it was an old Kenmore. And I had the exact model number. I had the product, I had the uh, user's manual. So I went to a Kenmore product uh, page and I put in the exact information. And all I got was a bunch of generalized statements about it on the whole website. There was just nothing was precisely indexed. And my daughter was trying to follow up on a, a purchase that had not come yet. This was on about Monday, and she went to the website, and or no, she did it on voice, and all it told her was the most recent uh, order she had placed and the item numbers, not even the, the names of the items over voice, and it said, is this the order you're checking on? Well, how did you know? 
she knew there was one item that hasn't been delivered. And, you know, so often with this AI and bots and all this technology that we have, we miss the simple stuff. You know, what's the biggest reason people are calling after the holidays? Probably did it get delivered or it didn't get delivered. Let's find an order that has, let's not give all the orders that have that have completed items. Let's just focus on that one item that hasn't, you know, been delivered. And so often web development doesn't, it ignores this aspect of customer experience. So anyway, there's a product called Yext. And um, been, apparently been around a while. But what they're doing is they're saying that, that, that keyword search is outmoded technology. Because you're always trying to ask, like, does the fist, this fitness center require masks? What's your return policy, etc.? And rather than uh, a list of hyperlinks to scroll through on the results page, can't, you know, we wanted to answer that question, which is a little bit different. And answers are experience, as we talked about yesterday. If you have customer support that doesn't support and forces me to work with your telephone system, which was also a huge hot mess. I'm trying to remember what retailer this was. I think it was Pottery Barn. Um, so if you're with Pottery Barn, you know, follow up. <laughs> Most companies simply index all their products and categories and move on to other aspects of their site. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's also a very big detriment to to customer to machine learning. <clears throat> is one of the key factors is what did people buy? And by what did people buy, we don't mean a part number. <clears throat> and what further we don't we might mean a lot of things. Like for Baseball Express, they had indexed their products, bats, balls, gloves, other. <clears throat> Which is okay, except that that doesn't tell you much about customer segments. So one of the moves we made, I called up Rich, the president. And I said, Rich, I noticed you're selling some $4,000 batting machines, pitching machines, really, <clears throat> but for batters. Why? Who do you sell those to? And he said, well, um, colleges, leagues, even major league teams. I said, did you ever think about your business as partly business to business? He said, no, we only sell to consumers, he said, which was mainly true. Anyway, we kind of proved to them that there were products that indicated a business to business. In fact, the key indicators were buyers of line chalk or rosin bags, which means line chalk is just the, the white stripes they put down the, the baselines. If somebody was putting down white stripes, they owned a baseball diamond or they managed it and they had need for many, many other products as opposed to a single player. So that different perspective of their own items. <clears throat> and then we flagged all the business to business, all the ones that went with buyers who bought white chalk. Um, you know, then then we wanted to do a, a, a fast pitch catalog, which is mainly young girls, uh, young women play fast pitch. And so um, a very, very different crowd than the, you know, the, the guys who get together at the at the firehouse to play softball or or, or eight inch or whatever it is that they play in Chicago. So we looked for items that were explicitly female there where they had a batting helmet that had a hole in the back. Etc. And so we had multiple views of the same items. Was it a batting helmet? Sure. 
but it was pink and it had a, a, a hole for your ponytail in the back. Okay, so by doing that, by thinking more deeply about your data, you can find whole new markets. And this has happened over and over. I would recommend my book where it tells these stories of how to think about your data. And that's what this article is about. Excellent article, I would say. Um, and um, it does for business websites what Google does for the web. I don't know how well it works. I just know that it was an interesting perspective that not only is this important for your website to help people find what they're looking for, but as I said, it's also interesting on how different perspectives on, on product can, sh can show you and yield new markets and, and new uh, explosive elements inside your business. So I highly encourage you to think more deeply than just indexing keywords. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Make a comment if you like, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.